what's the balance of words that build and words that destroy? What are you attending to and are you properly attending to it? I can't really navigate this world by myself and no one really could. We, we really need each other. Human beings are inclined towards the good. I don't have to explain it. I just believe it. I changed my mind a lot because we grow up. I just said the two words, I'm sorry. Like I messed up, I'm sorry. That moment of using words not well during the day and then using the words at night, I'm sorry, was a game changer. Was a game changer. Welcome to The Power Of with Noam Weissman. From Unpacked, I'm Noam Weissman, and you're listening to The Power Of. This week, The Power Of Words. The Power Of is brought to you thanks to our generous platinum-level supporters, the Mayberg Foundation and David and Deborah Magerman, as well as our additional gold-level supporters, Cheryl and Gerald Hartman, and bronze-level supporters, the Crane Mailing Foundation. To sponsor future episodes for your foundation, your company, or just because you care about Jewish education, email us at podcasts at jewishunpacked.com. I want to tell you an amazing, amazing story that I heard from Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg, a rabbi in Boca Raton, Florida. Now, it's apocryphal. It didn't exactly happen like this. But the story goes something like this. One day, a young Thomas Edison came home and handed his mother a piece of paper. He told her, my teacher gave this to me and told me to only give it to my mother. His mom's eyes were tearful as she read the letter out loud to her child. Here's what she read. Your son is a genius. This school is too small for him and doesn't have enough good teachers for training him. Please teach him yourself. Many years later, after Edison's mother had died, he was looking through old family things Now one of the greatest inventors of the century, he suddenly saw a folded piece of paper in the corner of a desk drawer. He took it and opened it up. On the paper was written, your son is addled, meaning mentally ill. We won't let him come to school anymore. Edison cried for hours. And then he wrote in his diary, Thomas Alva Edison was an addled child that by a hero mother, became the genius of the century. Amazing, amazing story, right? It gives me goosebumps just repeating it. There's so much here, the power of a mother's love, what true faith looks like, and we could go on. But I wanna focus on a counter historical for a minute here. What if this had gone differently? Let's suppose Mrs. Edison opened the paper, read it to young Thomas exactly as it was written, and then merely said to him, you know, your teacher is right. You gotta shape up. Imagine how damaging that response would be to him. Would we have the 1,093 patents of Thomas Edison if his mother reacted like that? We create worlds with words and we destroy worlds with words. The author of Mishle, also known as the book of Proverbs, got it right when he said, Mavet v'chayim b'yad halashon, death and life are in the hands of the tongue. We might choose not to think about this point each and every day, but if we pause for a few moments to think about the power of words, the power of speech, the power of what we choose to say and choose not to say, we will recognize the power of words. There are no two ways about it. Judaism, as I see it, is obsessed with words. From the Talmudic idea that hear her love kedibor dami, that thought is not the same as speech, to the power of teshuvah, of forgiveness, which must, 
must be accompanied by a sincere apology coupled with a commitment to change. And of course, the deceptively simple morning routine we can all apply regardless of our religious background, which is to start the day with the words Mode Ani, thank you. What we choose to say matters. To think this through, my producer, Rifki Stern, and I knew exactly who to speak to. Nachi and Yaakov are the co-hosts of a podcast called Meaningful People. And well, it's exactly what it sounds like. Every week, they have a really beautiful conversation with people you may know, you may not, but who are really fascinating and inspiring people with stories that positively inspire the world. Nachi and Yaakov wanted to showcase meaningful people and they chose a podcast. They choose language and conversation and communication and words. And I wanted to talk to them about all of that and talk about it in a way where we could explore our own goals, our own doubts, and of course, explore what Judaism has to say about all of this. Our talk was wide ranging. In this episode, you'll hear us discussing Eleanor Roosevelt's famous insight connecting the ideas we choose to speak about with the type of person we are. You'll hear us struggle about the constant temptation to speak ill of people, even people we like. For many of us, the water cooler or the dugout and now the WhatsApp group, the Slack thread, the Instagram, Twitter conversations are such a challenge. When we think of the power of words, we might think of the oratory quips of Golda Meir. Okay, that might be my hat from another podcast I work on, Unpacking Israeli History. Or we might think of Obama's rhetorical flourishes, or the legends of Churchill, or the hilarity of Yogi Berra. And I don't want to tell you too much about the conversation. It'll speak for itself. But I keep thinking about this moment in the episode where Yaakov admitted that he don't speak with such polish or have an Oxford-level vocabulary. He tends to make up words, actually. But the way Nachi and Yaakov communicate brings people in, makes people feel good. Nachi and Yaakov have used their words to inspire hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. So take a listen to this conversation, and hopefully we can all walk away exploring the power of words. Yalla, let's do this. Nafi and Yaakov, it is so awesome to have you on The Power Of. Real pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Love your podcast. Been listening to it a bunch recently. It's called Meaningful People. Uh, could you just tell us what problem were you trying to solve in creating this podcast called Meaningful People? I don't know if, if it really um, we had in mind to solve an issue here. We kind of just started off with talking to people. Uh, you know, a lot of rabbis, and then it kind of just turned into, hey, there's many types of meaningful people. But I don't think we were really trying to solve um, a problem necessarily, but I, I do think it, it it kind of opened up a, a world of, at least with a lot of uh, Jews, to hear other people's stories and relate to them. Malcolm said it perfectly. I think that you know, we grew up in a world where when you found out about people I and mean, you, you read about them after they passed away. So I wouldn't really call it a problem that we wanted to solve, but something that we wanted to do is sort of, you know, feature people and have people learn about them while they're still alive instead of, you know, when they pass away. That's a powerful idea. I, I'll tell you, when I listened to your podcast, there was a part of me that felt a little bit uncomfortable uh, because you are so positive. <laughs> everything is positive everything is good and you know i don't know maybe i have a little cynicism when you're making your podcast are you thinking hey let's create this positivity in this world where there is 
constantly cynicism, criticism, negativity. Is that part of your thinking in the product itself? We definitely try to have conversations that are going to be you know, spun as people coming out, I guess, inspired or feeling happy. Obviously, there's sometimes more heavy conversations like we, we had with, you know, Avrami Garari, his, his, his daughter tragically, uh, you know, committed suicide. So it was a very heavy conversation. But, you know, the energy I think that Nahi and I try to always bring is, is positive energy. Sometimes the, you know, conversations might be heavy, but I, I don't know if that's a words thing. I think it's like an energy vibe in the ear that we try to bring. Yeah, it's, like, it, it's an experiential thing. It's, it's kind of the vibe that I get. What I want to talk about is the power of words. When I think about words, this is what I think about. Whatever I've done wrong in my life, any terrible thing I've done, any bad thing I've done, the reality is, and maybe this is true for you as well, the reality is it's with my mouth. It's something that I've said that isn't good. And it's, it's a crazy concept. Like we have, we have hands, we have feet, we could do lots of different things. We can be fine. That's not where I've made mistakes in my life, where I've made mistakes is simply with my mouth, right? So on the one hand, there's this like negative, not negative, but there's a danger to how we use our words. We have to be very careful. And on the other hand, there is this concept, uh, and it's a beautiful concept, is Baruch She'amar V'haya Olam that the world has also been created and constructed with words. It's both. So this might be personal, but that's what we're going to be doing in this podcast. Could you walk us through, if you feel comfortable, what would be an example from your lives where perhaps you used words in a way that you're not proud of? It's, it's an interesting question. Because if you think about it, what's like the thing we do most in life is probably speak. You know, what's the the balance of words that build and words that destroy? It's, it's yeah. I don't know. But I, I think on one of our episodes, in fact, I made a joke about T-neck or something. And people were like actually upset. Right, right, right. I was kidding. But then you realize, wait a minute, like a lot of people could take words different ways. There's a lot of different interpretations of things. You have to be really, really careful. I, I think more often it's not the words that I've said in my life that cause more harm. It's it's usually the words that I didn't say. Wow. I, I think wow. at the end of the day, conversation is, is just the ability to, I guess, communicate and give over. Um, there definitely have been uh, instances where in my life, whether like even Nahi and myself, there have been you know, even making this podcast, there's differences of opinion. And I, I definitely regret the times where I personally didn't communicate, hey, this is the idea that I want to do or go down this path and stuff like that. So I think, at least for myself, I like to talk. I, I enjoy conversation. It's usually, I think, the most harm when I don't share what I'm feeling or share enough. Yeah, I feel often that an awkward conversation uh not had is worse than the awkward conversation had. So what you're saying, like sometimes it's difficult because you know you want to say something, and that silence is actually a problem when you could communicate something. There's something you want to say, but I'll tell you, there there are times for me where <laughs> I know that the way I communicated was just off. I'll give you guys a few just specific examples. Example number one that I have when I think about my own life is I have kids. You have kids? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? I have an eight-year-old son and i have been in education for a long time 
I was the principal of the high school. I helped lead a Jewish education media company. I have a doctorate in educational psychology. I ought to know how to use my words well to teach my son in a moment of a difficult math problem. And he's going through this math problem, and it was something like estimation, like rounding to the 10, round to the 100. I'm doing this homework with him, and I'm getting impatient. And I say, yeah, why can't you figure this out? When I said, yeah, why can't you figure this out? I saw him shut down at that moment. And I intellectually, I, I, I looked down. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then I did something. So I was bad. It was bad. He, he cried, and I said, I'm sorry. I just said the two words, I'm sorry. Like, I messed up. I'm sorry. And for me, those, that moment of using words not well during the day and then using the words at night, I'm sorry, was a game changer. Have you ever used the words, I'm sorry, and seen the impact it has on someone else? And has, have either of you ever had someone say, I'm sorry to you? And how has that impacted you? Yeah, for sure. I apologize a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, and, um, I think that most of the time when I apologize, when I say the words, I'm sorry, it, it will rectify a situation. It'll sort of break down any barrier that exists or any, any issues that were caused by whatever was done. I think saying the words, I'm sorry, sort of, you know, what they do is it like represents like the, the viewpoint of like, I, what I did wasn't malicious and it wasn't, I didn't intend to do what was said or done. So I definitely have seen. Uh, the effect that those words have, and on the flip side as well, um, hearing hearing the words "I'm sorry" in a genuine way, it certainly it makes it makes a difference. It sort of just brings two people who are on the opposite sides of a spectrum in a moment, and you know, make, let lets you come to the middle and and right. I guess right. unite. I don't have anything to add to that. Talking about power of words, I think Nachi said it really well. Jacob, I guess what I would add to that then is how we say I'm sorry matters as well. So uh, for me, here's an example of an apology that doesn't resonate. And here's an example of an apology that does resonate. An example of an apology that does resonate is when I say, I'm sorry if that hurt you. I'm sorry um, if what ha happened offended you. I'm sorry if. I, it, for me, it's almost like I'd rather, you know what? For the same price, hold the apology. Hold it. Right. Oh, just or, not or interested. Like I'm sorry that you feel like I'm sorry that you feel uh, exactly. I'm sorry. And it, it doesn't it sting even thinking about it. It's just like, no, that's I'm not looking for that. That's not like your Brene Brown version of empathy. That's that doesn't that doesn't work for me. That doesn't it doesn't land. Um, right. But what does land is two things for me, at least when someone says, I'm sorry that I did this. I'm sorry for my behavior. I'm sorry, and like I, I own it. I own it. And here's behavioral things that I want to do differently as a result of this, right? When you see that, I actually think it changes. It, could, it, it changes the world. It changes the dynamic of the whole conversation and the whole relationship. I'm not a rabbi at all, but I, I think that that I, that very idea is is like kind of what it meant when it said, you know, God created the world with words. It, it obviously, I, I don't understand the metaphysical repercussion of that, but right. that idea of putting in your intention, your desire, your your com whatever you're trying to communicate over, the words are just carrying it over. But that 
whether it's love or hate, whatever you're using your words for, that transfers into something that's real, like a real reality. And I think that's how this world was created. And I think that's how we build relationships. And everything we have is with our communication and our relationships with others. So the words are kind of really like the vehicle to give whatever power over we're trying to give. I think it's also interesting because the words, I'm sorry, aren't, they're not only there where you can use them to band-aid a situation or sort of, okay, like walk back the bad thing that was done. I think apologizing and saying you're sorry could make a situation better than it was even before the bad thing was done. You know, just right. apologizing for something doesn't just, okay, now we're back to A. It, it could get you in a better place than you, than you even were. Um, so the, the misdeed and, and, you know, that, you know, that, uh, I think it's worth noting. Absolutely. And there's a, there's a flip side to, I'm sorry, two other words. It's thank you. Right. So thank you is there, have you heard of Patrick Lencioni? I never pronounced his name correctly. Some people say Lencioni, some people say Lencioni. Um, it's L E N C I O N I. It have sounds you heard like of a delicious pasta, but it, so it, clearly it, I have. I have not heard of him. It sounds like but, one of those freezer pizzas, you know, <laughs> like those Italian freezer which, pizza companies. He's for sure like world famous and like knocking our like, we don't know who he is. You I'm guys sure are amazing. He, he, people are cringing he, as we. No, 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 no. I know listen, who he is. Listen, it's okay. Uh, there's no shame in here. He, but he's one of these business gurus, how to have good meetings, how to have a healthy, trustworthy team. And he says that there are a few words that just change the game for a team. Number one, thank you. If there's a culture in your organization where you say, thank you, it's a game changer. If there's a culture in the organization where you say, I'm sorry, game changer. I used to have this in my office. I would have these phrases just like right there in my office to remind myself. Number three, when someone says, I need help, it's, it's a remarkable thing when someone is willing to say to somebody else, like, I cannot accomplish this on my own. And then he also points out when you say to somebody, you're better than me at this. Just hearing those words, it creates this healthy culture. But I want to focus on thank you. Because in Judaism, I, I, I think that there's something remarkable about the concept of gratitude from three different angles that I'll focus on. Number one, the very first word we say, the very first prayer we say is the prayer of Moda'ani, right? That we, I'm thanking you, God. Before I check my phone, and I am one of these obsessive phone checkers, I acknowledge it, I'm obsessive with this thing. Before I do this, I've trained myself to say the prayer, thank you, Hashem, I thank you. The interesting thing about that is the first word is modet, not ani, right? Not I, but modet ani, thank you, I, right? Jonathan Sachs says this idea that is like earth shattering to me. He quotes the, a reshown earlier medieval commentator, and he points out the idea that there's when we, you know, when we do the repetition of the Shemona Esrei, and there's only one part of that only one section there that the congregation is not able to be on the sideline there's only one part that 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 is modim everyone's got to participate you can't have anyone else say thank you for you right it's a remarkable idea so that's what we do in judaism we start off the day by saying modani we stand up we can't have anyone else say thank you for us and hopefully we live a culture of gratitude right the jew Jewish person comes from the Shoresh Yehuda to the person Yehuda to be to be grateful that Leah names her child that. For you guys, how do you see gratitude in your lives 
And how do you express your gratitude? Is that one of your love languages? Like, does it really matter to you to hear the words thank you? And is that something for you that you try to say in your lives? No, um, first of all, thank you. That's a great question. <laughs> I just wanted to throw a thank you there. Um, growing up, one of the things my father, he cares a lot about is for us saying thank you after a meal or getting something from someone. And and I, I'm definitely not as good as as I should be with it. But but it, it's it's interesting that I think the the thank you concept is really just saying like the other points that you made that I can't really navigate this world by myself and no one really could. We, we really need each other. And thank you is expressing that, hey, huh. it's like that reminder that you helped me and I appreciate that. And I wouldn't be at this stage of my life, whether it was small or big, without you. So thank you. Wait, Nafi, yeah. before you jump in, before you jump in, I want to say something else about that. You just got my brain going there. I think sometimes it's hard for me to say thank you. I think that it's sometimes me saying thank you, like gives something to somebody else. I, I can't describe exactly what it is, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like, it's like, all right, I'm going to say, like, I'm giving something of myself to you by saying thank you. I can't describe exactly what, what I mean by that, but do, do you always say thank you when you feel gratitude or do you sometimes hold it in? I definitely hold it in sometimes. Um, I think the more conscious I am of it, like I think after this conversation, I'm going to be a lot more alerted. But I, I know exactly what you mean. I think that's like human nature to, you know, we it's 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 part of our ego, you know, giving over, you know, to someone else that idea of hey, thank you because. I am here because of you. Like the nat like the nature the natural tendencies goes to like, no, I, I'm I'm good. I don't need someone else. I right. think naturally. So giving that over is um definitely giving a part of yourself. But I, I think, you know, the the average Jewish person or just person in general that you meet, I think if they have like a good solid upbringing, they they understand the value of that. Cause at the end of the day, everyone feels good when they're thanked. So yeah. It's recipitive, you know. Yep. Is that a word? I don't know. You know. What? By, by the way, by the way, I don't. By, uh, by the way, I do not yeah. think it is a word. But in an episode on the power of words, um, we will find out. Someone will comment whether or not reciprocative, yeah. so which I'm going to guess is not a word, is a word or not a word. I need to point this out. I, I think it's so ironic that you're asking. I'll put Nahi in this thing also, but more myself. You're asking Nahi and myself to the power of words. We clearly are, are not the most polished people when it comes to the English language. Literally, I'm Both pulled out all day. Yeah, okay, sorry. Nahi calls me out like every episode. He's like, Yaakov, that's not a word. Here and there, I have proven myself to be correct. But yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I don't think I use words properly all the time. But my point is that a lot of times people still understand what I'm trying to say, even though I'm not using the right word. The power of words. Yeah, Yaakov makes up like a new word every episode. It's quite amazing that he has that creativity to just make up a word. And he's usually close. It's usually like recipient maybe he was going for, recipitive, but it, it's definitely close. I, I, I don't know if this is, this is accurate. Um, I think it was Rabbi E.T.L. Goldblatt I heard say this, that another meaning of the word moda is to, is to admit, mm. you know? And and talking about why it's so hard to say thank you is Ooh. is how hard is it to admit something to somebody? It's extremely hard. It's difficult. You're you're like Yaakov said. You're giving of yourself. You have to tap into that to, to that like that reservoir inside of yourself to to access it. So 
I think I think that makes sense. Admitting anything is difficult, and even admitting to someone that, like, like I need I need you, and I needed you for this. Incredible, is, uh, yeah, incredible. Meaning, meaning, uh, and thank you lends itself to saying that I am not worshiping myself. I need somebody else. I admit that I cannot do this all on my own. Right? Yeah. It all depends how someone says it, but if if you're walking through a door that someone held open to you and you just say thanks, you know, like okay, right, you know, but if that's you not what we're talking about. Right. Oh, oh, thank you. I was holding like, but imagine you're holding a a, a tray of, of coffee and you couldn't open that door yourself, and you're like, thank you. To me, it's like this, Nafi. I think that I'm not talking about holding a door or coffee. Let's say you help right. someone get a job. Okay, you help someone get a job. I hope well, maybe it's all of us have done this to a different degree, right? Or people have done this for us, right? Right. I don't want to admit that I didn't get this on my own. There's this concept from the Torah, that it's my strength and my might, and because of me that I've arrived here. And God says, don't you dare go that route. You have not arrived to where you've arrived simply because of you. You have to have this concept called gratitude. I think Rav Gaon says this idea. I think it's Rav Sadiq Gaon. Uh, anyone can fact check me on this uh, and tell me I'm wrong, which I'm totally good with, which is that the fundamental value of the Torah is to teach us a way to live of gratitude. Just thank you. Living that the, the Torah could be boiled down. Birkatamazon. When we say the blessing after a meal, the idea that you pray, you say thank you, you go through everything that I'm grateful for after a meal. That is, it takes time, it takes time for sure, but it's a really powerful idea that my whole, this whole physical experience I just went through, I'm pausing and saying it's not, it's not all for me. And there, there's, there's something above. I admit that. I admit that, right? I admit that there's something above and I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I think that plays beautifully into the concept of like, again, I'm getting a little meta, but I guess it's a big company Yaakov, these have, days. Yaakov hasn't yeah. stopped using the word meta since that yeah. Zuckerberg speech. I used it before and it started, Facebook. And it's starting to be an issue. So, so but <laughs> this is a bit meta, but like the whole concept of God creating a world, like God didn't need to create the world. He, he didn't, he doesn't need us, that's for sure, but he's a giver and he gives us what we have. So, right. and, and we also know this idea that like we're trying to be godly. We're trying to be like God. What's the best way to be like God is to, to, help others to give others to thank others right. like that's that's the most godly thing we could do uh, i want to say a practical tip that i heard from yeah, from sure. uh, a, a rebbe of mine that changed my life i heard it from rabbi chaim dov stark and he told us this idea when we were in israel where we would eat by people's homes a lot and he said obviously you're going to thank them right after the meal like that's classic we all do that he said on tuesday let's say you eat by them on shabbos on tuesday give them a call to thank them specifically for the meal. He's like, they'll be blown away. And I tried doing it a few times and every person was like, what's wrong with you? But they were so happy. They're like, that's really sweet of you. Because, okay, the classic, you know, you hold open the door, you eat by someone, thank you, thank you. But when you go out of your way to say thank you when they least expect it, it's really powerful because it shows like, hey, I really care about it. I take out my time and I really mean it. And they say, wow, that was really worth it. And then they invite you back for many more meals. So it's a win-win. Yaakov, what you're describing is a brilliant idea. I love that practical concept. The way you described it, and I want to build on it, was that it's a tactical thing to make someone else feel good. I also think that it's a really important um, personality development sort of thing where you could actually hold on to that gratitude for a few days. Right? It's not just right after, oh, thank you. It's 
I actually still appreciate this three days down the road, four days down the road. And you hearing that appreciate that. And I've refined myself. I want to, I want to switch to a, a, a little bit of a different topic. Okay. Uh, with the power of words. Lashon Hara. I want to talk about Lashon Hara. Okay. Uh, evil speech. So who, I want to say who we gossiping about. <laughs> so Eleanor Roosevelt, it's not who we're gossiping about, but Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, let's go. Let's go. Like, not, 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 he's like, game on. <laughs> Got a lot about Eleanor. <laughs> Great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. And if we just pause and reflect on that, you know, Shabbat meals. Okay. Or, you know, maybe at, at uh, the, the faculty room in a school or, you know, Slack or WhatsApp groups, whatever it is. We have a concept in Judaism called Lashon Hara. And in this concept, you know, there's different levels. There's something called Lashon Hara. There's something called Motzi Shemra, which is, you know, giving someone a bad reputation. Yuchilut, um, which is gossip. Maybe I got that definition wrong. But those are the three general categories of speaking ill about somebody. The Talmud says that the majority of people succumb to sin with regard to robbery, and the minority of people succumb to sin with regard to sexual matters. And everyone succumbs to sin with regard to malicious speech, i.e. Lashon Hara. And then there's another idea in Pirkei Avot that says, Shimon, the son of Rabbi Gamliel, used to say, Kol yamai gadati ben chachamim, all the, my days I grew up amongst the stages, velo matzati laguf tov el what I found, what was good, was silence. And anyone who indulges too much in words brings upon sin. These are intense ideas. What I want to talk about with you is what do we do about this concept that on the one hand, Judaism teaches us, this is bad, don't do it, don't do it. But we all know that everyone's going to do it. And on the other hand, we have Eleanor Roosevelt giving us a really pithy line, a smart line of, you know, Great minds discuss ideas. Small minds discuss people. So teach ideas. Talk about ideas. What's holding us back from doing that? It's juicy. It's delicious. People do it. It's like there's something that feels good about that moment. Like, how do we hold back from that? <laughs> um, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of practical tips. Maybe Yaakov knows some. I think the question you're, you're asking, if there was a simple answer, then maybe we wouldn't, we wouldn't all be here still. And I think um, that this is uh, not speaking Lashon Hara is probably one of the hardest things to abstain from because yeah. because words are such a, you know, crucial part of our day and conversations with people are such an important part of our day and people are such an important part of our lives and conflicts exist and, and opinions exist and like it's it's if you think about it like that's the ultimate trap <laughs> you know like yeah. okay you're in a room with 10 people um you have to pray in the morning or you're going to pray three times a day uh so that before you daven and after you daven like that's that's literally even when you're going to daven like you're you're doing something holy in shul how many times are you caught before or after speaking about oh you hear what that guy said or oh you saw that this the rabbi said this or or this guy did that like You'd think like in a shul you're gonna speak Lashon Hara, but like that yeah. happens so. Yeah, the answer often. is yes. 
and, yeah. and what, the way you just ju juxtaposed, and we can have a whole separate discussion, and I'm going to hold myself back, but I know that for you, Yaakov, you have this thing called Yid with a sign, right? I, I do. I have to I always point out, I do it together with Aim Humor. He's hilarious. I am definitely the face of it. I mean, clearly, I'm the one with like the bigger muscles from the two. That's sarcastic. I have tiny muscles. Um, yeah, I but yes. might. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what my favorite one of those, because it was, relates to what you were just talking about. My favorite one is you You have a sign that says, neder, which means without a promise, means you won't do it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yaakov's uh, so nightmare is having to explain his signs. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. <laughs> no, but that's, but that's yeah. a great articulation of what you were just talking about with words. Yeah. I, I think I, I, I rephrase that. I think I originally heard Rav Gav. Um, he's an awesome speaker uh, in Israel. And I think he said a concept like that. I didn't, didn't make up the concept. But yeah, bli neder means like, I'm not making a vow out of this. So when you want to say like, oh, I'll help you with that. Then you say bli neder. Uh, I'm not making a vow out of this. Which kind of could also mean, by the way, I'm not holding myself accountable at all. So whatever I'm about to say is not true. So yeah, there, there's a truth to that. Like when we say, you know, w when we say something like, do we really mean it? Like, oh, I'll help you with that. Or I, you know, whatever, whatever. Whatever is sharing, like, do we really mean it? When you're talking about Yaakov is this concept of authenticity and integrity, okay? So Adam Grant, Adam Grant's incredible thought leader at the University of Pennsylvania. He just wrote a new book called, I think it's either called Think Again or Rethink. And he tweets all the time. He has this tweet that I'm going to read to you. He says, integrity is walking the talk. Your actions live up to your words. Authenticity is only talking what you already walk. Your words reflect your actions. It's good to practice what you preach. It's better to reserve your preaching for the principles you constant, consistently practice. That's, that's that, beautiful. That's yeah. is that, right? No, it, I, I have heard that concept before, uh, Like, and I think this concept, it definitely comes before him. I, I love how he articulated it, but right. I think that's that's what Amuna and Betachen is, meaning faith and and faith in God and trust in God. I heard this great analogy that faith in God is, you know, seeing in like a via circus, someone hold, you know, walk on a tightrope and hold a barrel. That's faith in God. Like, could I, do I think that person's going to make it by? Yeah, I think they'll make it by. That's faith in something. Trust is saying, oh, okay, that person could do it and I'm going to be sitting in that barrel. Where our actions right. are maybe even more powerful than our words. You know, just raising children, they always right. say, you could, you could say to your child a million things, don't walk on the carpet with with your shoes but if you're going to walk on the carpet yourself right. with your shoes your kids are going to be like come on you know you, you don't you don't practice what you preach do as i say not as i do that whole idea doesn't work exactly. apparently yes <laughs> I, I, i'm learning that very quickly nasi could you talk to us about um meaningful minute and sure you know i i find it insanely positive and Maybe that's been like a focus of mine a little bit when I think about the power of words. Can you talk about about that? What what were you what are you trying to accomplish there? I think from from the inception, I think the goal was to, I guess, make the most use out of out of the time that we have. Um, realizing that you know not not a lot of people have the time, unfortunately, to or or the bandwidth to sit down and listen to a, a class or a share for an hour hour plus. And maybe they only have 60 seconds in their day where they can have some goodness or positivity, you know, come through that. So going ahead and and um, offering a a soundbite or sound bites that that are 60 seconds that can um, that can offer that to them. 
something that maybe they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. I love the concept. I'm going to ask you guys a bunch of questions to this is going to be like a rapid fire sort of thing. Um, when was the last time you apologized? You don't have to go into it, just quickly. When was the last time you apologized that you could remember? I apologized to Nahi uh, uh, the beginning of this week. Uh, we were uploading a show, and he's like, it's there. I'm like, it's not there. And he's like, it is there. And I checked, and I'm like, it is there. My bad. I'm sorry. Nahi, do you remember this? I do. Um, I apologized probably last night. <laughs> okay. Probably, probably, yeah. I just, I, I apologize a lot. Do you have... Nachi, I'm going to you first here. Do you have any daily ritual that you use to help you live your best life to incorporate the values that we spoke about today? Any daily rituals? It's yep. funny. It's so not a rapid fire question, but I'll try. Um, <laughs> it's like um, Tila, besides for davening. I think that's, that's the it. only you know daily ritual I, I do have. Um, but really, um, I use the, the time of Shemana Esrei as sort of like a meditation. You know, to sort of just like, yeah, um, use that that silence. I think there's nothing that can sh show you and give you the you know, greatest lesson of power of words than silence. Just being silent. Love it. And yeah, love that. So hard, but I love it. Mm -hmm. Yakov. Um, so it's something that I want to start doing. I I, I learned this from I forgot his name. He he's a very successful. Uh, person on MTV and he was basically saying he has so many projects going on in his life that he just finds it hard to like keep his wife up to date. He has like literally like 10, 15 companies and he owns a bunch of real estate and he's producing so many shows and he's a skater and he what he does every morning, he sends his wife a uh, like a, a love note of saying like why he appreciates her and Together with that, he's like, by the way, I'm working on, uh, you know, number one, number two, number three, and then I love you so much. It's something I didn't start yet, but I told my wife, I say, I, because she always like hears about like things that I'm doing. And I think everyone's just so busy. We live in the busiest times of our lives. So I'm always like, I, oh, I forgot to tell you about that. So I want to start doing that every morning to tell my wife, like, I love you for the X, Y, and Z. And by the way, this is what I'm up to today. Like this interview right. itself, I don't, she doesn't even know about. Okay, because it just like it just happened. Like yeah. she'll see it like put out, and she's like, "What the heck? When did you do that?" Right. And I'll be like, "When you took our son to the doctor." <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. That's yeah. Rosie also had a doctor's appointment this morning. No way. Yeah. Did Alex get a shot? Uh, Alex is my son, and Rosie's uh, Nachis. No, uh, Alexander went to. Uh, uh, ENT. I, I, by the way, um, I hope you guys don't cut this part out. This is this is the juice. This is the real <laughs> no, juice. It's, it's very here. important. It's very important. Is it a shidduch one day, Alexander and Rosie? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, right. To, to be determined. We shall see. Yeah. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, Nafi and Yaakov, any questions you have for me? I have like a million questions for you. There's a lot of books in the background. Have you read every single book that's in the background? I Every single book. The answer is I've gone through every single book that's here because i'll tell you why this is my work office i make a lot of content like in jewish history israel right. jewish philosophy all these you know areas so these are like my go-to books it's covering the spectrum you know you have Lubavitcher rabbi rabbi lamb you know you have Eliezer berkowitz you Leibovitz, you have anita shapira just incredible uh, eleanor, any eleanor roosevelt content no in there? no that's only nazi's house nazi keeps the eleanor <laughs> roosevelt stuff I have a question for you. Uh, yeah. What What's the most impactful word someone ever said to you? 
The most impactful words, and I, I, I it's I'm sorry. It's that's it's as simple as that. No, but it, not in general. I'm asking yeah. for a specific. You oh, want you a specific a, moment? Yeah, yeah. I want a moment. You think you could just make us vulnerable? Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. switch. So it's switch the script. That's no problem. Uh, I, I would say I would have to go back to high school. And it's crazy how high school is such a formative time period. But when somebody wronged me in a pretty profound way, when that person, after wronging me, just took me aside, just said, I, I really messed up. I hurt you. And it's crazy to think about it. You know, the thing that was done was really wrong. But I, and I'm keeping it vague, but I afterwards don't hold any resentment towards that person. And people would be shocked that I don't hold resentment towards that person, but I have zero resentment towards that person because that person was genuine with me. And I do bad things sometimes. I've messed up in my life. I, you know, I want people to have, I want to, you know, we say about Hashem that he's Noah Lirtzot the Kashelichos, that he's easy to appease and difficult to anger. I, I want to be like that also, right? But it, it takes two to tangle. And when somebody says that genuine apology, it just, it's game changing for me. That's beautiful. That's very beautiful. Nafi, Yaakov, this was awesome to spend time with you. We have never met each other besides this context. I get to learn from you. I get to listen to you. I get to watch you and get so many new ideas and be inspired as a result of you. Thank you for joining the show. If there's, I'd love to hear if there's anything else you want to add, just as a as a closing remark. I, I don't know if I if I was dreaming or I wasn't sleeping. Or I don't know what was going on, um, but I was thinking of just power of words, power of words. What could be said about the power of words? And I was thinking that, you know, Hashem, God has has spoken to people, some not with words, but specifically with Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron. He, Hashem spoke with words. And I thought that was that was very very interesting to notice that how if you want to think about the power of words, think about the fact that God Himself used words to communicate. It's a yeah. godly thing. Yeah. Yeah. Words are godly. So yeah. if you want to wrap up in terms of oh how not to speak lashon hara and how to realize the power, God uses words. Yeah. <laughs> you know those words yeah. are powerful. That's really beautiful. I, 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 I like, I, my, my point is going to be like Nahi had like a very Torah oriented and like really powerful and yes, Nahi meta idea. I would have a lot smaller, like a lot smaller idea, but it's just how it relates, I think, to Nahi and myself. I think I'm going to flex here. Baruch Hashem, our podcast is, is, um, you know, always, you know, together with your other podcast, Noam, up there in the charts. And uh, thank God we have over a, a million downloads and over a million views on YouTube. And I think... That's amazing. I think you, you if you look at, like, Nachi and our, myself, like, we're kids. We're little kids, and we're just having, trying to have, like, these authentic, real conversations with people. And we're both clearly, and my, more myself, not polished at all with words or how to communicate but i think we're real i think we're very curious and i think that's what lent you know everything's from god but i think that's what helped us really get to where we are now and i think every person has that ability in their life okay not everyone's trying to make a podcast not everyone's trying to make a show um but every person has interactions everyone could affect someone's life with their words so uh yeah i think i think uh we we just 
I, I'm talking to myself here, but like you have to really realize like we are so powerful with how we communicate to people and really make big impacts on people's lives. It, it usually feels insignificant, but we really have a lot to offer. I agree. And just, just be reciprocative. See what I did there? Nice. <laughs> I like that. To just that's be very good. That's to very re- good. <laughs> it took me a second, but that's funny. I like that. Taco, it's your word. Come on. I know. I know. I'm so, going to start. Miriam Webster is in trouble. <laughs> I'm going here, after her. Here comes Yako. Yeah. Uh, so to be reciprocative, I just want to say that um, I also walk away feeling either from a Jewish idea or from a more meta idea or a more personal thought. I think that there are so many educational lessons that we can all take from this. It's not just being the most polished speaker necessarily. That's not what the power of words is about. It's about being authentic. It's about having integrity. It's about having gratitude, having the willingness to show gratitude. Um, It's knowing that we all struggle with this. All of us struggle with the power of words. But if we could remember that Judaism has something to say about the power of speech and the power of words, then I think, and if we take daily rituals, then perhaps we can live more meaningful lives, more enriched lives, and hopefully enrich others as well. Hopefully that's the goal. That's the way I see it. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Thank you. So I keep reflecting on this conversation with Nachi and Yaakov and thinking about the power of words. And as you might have picked up by now, I'm a quotes guy. I love them. They really often help me sharpen my thinking. And I read something awesome from the English novelist George Orwell. Orwell said, If thought corrupts language, language can also corrupt thought. And I felt like this is exactly it. If my brain, if my heart is bitter, is unhappy, is upset, it's going to reflect in my words, in the way I communicate. As the saying goes, hurt people, hurt people. I know when I've hurt people 99% of the time, it was more about me than about them. And same when others have hurt me. It wasn't about me. They were projecting their own pain outward. And Nachi and Yaakov, though they didn't say it, really are solving that problem with their podcast. There's pain, but there's also good. And they're sharing that good, that inspiration, that positivity. There's that word again. I can't stop. And it's all through the power of words. If I can leave us in this episode with a bit of inspiration, with a thought to think through, it's this. You know that mantra that hikers have? It's something like, remember, clean up after yourself and make sure to leave every place you are a little better than you found it. As we go about the world with our friends and family, with strangers on the internet, with people we love, with people we barely know and everywhere in between, let's remember the power of words and push ourselves to leave every single place better than how we found it. The Power Of is a production of Unpacked, a division of Open Door Media. Check out jewishunpacked.com for everything Unpacked related. And subscribe to our other podcasts. Follow Unpacked at all the social media places like TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Just look for at Jewish Unpacked. And most of all, write to us. Use that power of words at podcasts at jewishunpacked.com. This episode was produced by Rifki Stern. And audio magic is all Rob Para. I'm your host, Noam Weisman. Thanks for listening.